Hey guys, welcome to episode 30 of the JV Club. We did it. We made it to 30. I look at my friends who have hundreds of episodes under their belts and I'm so in awe of them and I can't wait to get there uh, with you guys and look back at all the amazing women that that uh, I will have had by then. I'm so, so honored and grateful to have had the 30 amazing women that I've released so far. So I say I released them like I released uh, doves into the uh, into the open sky from some sort of a chapel. Um, but I hope you I hope you enjoy episode 30 with Jen Finnegan. She's uh, oh, she's one of my favorite people. She's so funny and so warm. She's done a ton of drama, but she's also an extremely accomplished comedic actress. And um, she's also just an amazing human being. So we had a, a lovely time podcasting together. I want to remind everyone that I am doing a live JV club on October 13th on Saturday at 3 p.m. in Santa Monica. You can go to the LA Podcast Festival uh, website for that information. I'll post that on Facebook as well. I'm sorry I've been a little behind on that. Speaking of being behind, I don't, I need to catch up on my shout outs. I'm going to give some and uh, I'll have to catch up on them next week. But Stephanie Y and Christina E in the Pro Bending Club and Lucy and Ryan M and Nick A. Veronica C, Nissa, Zachary L, Shannon T all sent me beautiful emails. So did Joanna C. Um, and then via Twitter, uh, Tahel, Klim, Julieta, John C, West Anthony, Megan C, Tone of Echoes, Steve K. Thanks, as always, for your wonderful tweets. Again, I am behind in catching up on some of these. So um, more thanks to come. I didn't have a chance to grab info from the Nerdist page. I'm recording this at HuffPost Live and uh, just wanted to get it out there to you guys. So, um, but thank you, thank you, thank you as always. I hope there, I didn't receive any uh, criticisms of the kind of Frank Mormon uh, discussion that I had with Kara Santa Maria. I hope none of you were offended by it. I do so value your feedback and I am signing off now to welcome you to enjoy this conversation with Jen Finnegan, guys. Thanks a million. Now entering Nerdist.com. Guys, I'm going to start out by saying that it's rare that I do this in an evening, and I'm wondering if it's really? going to change the vibe of the podcast, because usually it's just so happened that almost every single one I've ever recorded has been during the day. I am hard-pressed to think of another one that's taken place at night. Wow, I'm honored. I know. I want this to be... I want that to... I want to bring something special to that. Should we put on our nighttime voices? Should we put on our late night... Uh, <laughs> There's no way not to make that Cinemax. (laughs) I'm sitting in a room that a cat was in, so I am going to get naturally gravelly. I know. I forgot that you were allergic. How many times (laughs) have you been to my house and I still forget that you're allergic Mm, to Luca? 14. Wow. You've been really really keeping (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a muggy evening. Um, I don't know when it turned so muggy in Los Angeles, but lately it's been feeling very East Coast. It's muggy. It's very moist. <laughs> Nobody likes God, that God, when you say moist after 9 p.m., it, really, <laughs> it could go somewhere so interesting. There are so many words that I would normally feel very comfortable using during the day, but they seem super off limits right now. 
but yeah, we're, we're here in the evening. We're in the same spot, guys. I don't want you to worry. Things haven't been changed up too much. It's just a matter of the hour. But it is after a work day at Half Post Live. Um, did you shoot today? Or did I you did shoot not tomorrow? today. I was a day off. I shoot tomorrow. Uh, I'm with Jennifer Finnegan. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hi. You've read the description. So you guys are one step ahead of both of us. Uh, you already knew before we even said. But um, but uh, she and I have known each other for years. Yeah, it has we can been say years. that now. <laughs> we are <It's> neighbors. <laughs> she is she is married to the delightful Jonathan Silverman, and um, he we is had, delightful. He is an absolute he delight on my show today. Oh, he did. He did. They like I to work him all in the when I'm not working. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> Um, they're trying to keep us apart. You guys are so cute together and you've been together for such a long time. It's uh, a total joy. Well, you just see us when we're cute together. Well, that's true. <laughs> we're still so cute together. Oh, thanks. Um, and, uh, and Johnny and I were, we played a couple in a pilot for ABC a few years ago. And so I already had met them because they were neighbors. So we had said hello in the neighborhood. Didn't we meet the first time we met? I remember so we exactly. A Christmas, a Christmas tree lot. Yeah, that's a good place to meet her for, for, for the first time. And I thought she's so delightful. And then we met again when you played Johnny's wife, and we we met once on the street too, because because the house, my house, is sort of in a in broad intersection, and uh, yeah. I think you guys were driving by or something, and he, yeah, we yeah. said hello. And I just liked your <laughs> moxie. Yeah, I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> And, uh, and then, yeah. Mutual. And so I, and so then when we met, when we were shooting the ABC pilot, we were like, oh, we love each other. Yeah. And so then we became friends. And then we started doing potlucks. We started doing potlucks. Potluck slash catchphrase game night. Game night. Oh, so good. I want to oh, do it right now. I do too. I love it. We could play cat. Wait, I guess that's hard with that people. <laughs> I was totally willing. It also may not translate to a podcast. You never know. You never know unless you try and until you try, but we, I don't even have it in front of me, so I'm not going to do it. Um, but yeah, this, oh, the potlucks are so fun. It's one of the things that I, it's, it's, it was just a small group of us and it still exists. Um, we had to take some time off cause everyone got so busy, Yeah, but, um, what, one of the things I actually loved about you was the first time we did it. First of all, that we actually did do it because I think people, especially in this town have this habit of good. always you good intentions. I mean? yeah. You meet someone that you like and then you exchange numbers and then you say, let's do something. We'll have a potluck. And it never happens. Yes. But we actually got our, can I swear on this? Yeah. We got our shit together and we did it. And what I loved is I remember coming in the first time and you like had a tablescape. Like, <laughs> like you had a theme. I meant it. Oh man. You, you I like brought it. your A game. Was that when I printed out the menu? The first, um, I think that was you like the printed out time. the menu. Dude. <laughs> okay. And then you had I like, put it in a picture frame. <laughs> you had like paper lanterns oh. and it was like this whole like very, I mean, really domino magazine feature story i mean <laughs> is there still a domino magazine you know what there isn't but they just put out <laughs> oh my a, god some, a, like a special issue <laughs> and i snapped it right up domino quick fix i'm really relevant see how relevant i am oh oh yes right back domino was a great magazine we were all <laughs> devastated when it went away except oh for you because god. you don't read it and you thought it might still exist yeah apparently um, but you were you took it so seriously and you just like I remember you made like these amazing baked chickpeas and then you put like chili powder on mangoes. And I was like, this girl is my jam. Like, that. I know. Well, that's whatever what you I brought do. was fantastic. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, because I take it really seriously. Oh, and I was yeah. like, oh my God. Because a lot of my friends, now 
a disclaimer, half of them take it really seriously and, you know, go like through Bon Appetit for the recipe. But the other half stop at, you know, Gelson's and get microwavable meat. Right. So, I'm not kidding. There's right. a friend of mine actually brought nukable meat oh, to a no. dinner party. What kind of meat? It was like a package of slabs of meat that you no. put <laughs> That is like a dirty trick to play on someone if you go to a potluck. Thanksgiving. That's so dreadful. What a letdown. I know. Um, Yeah, and then when you had it at your house. Oh, yeah. You made a beautiful salmon that was like cooked on on cedar and we were up on the deck and it was was beautiful. And you made homemade it like you made everything you made was like homemade. I think you made some hummus or something. It was I think it was overwhelming. I think it was maybe maybe sometimes I just go I go too far. I do not remember being overwhelmed. I remember being beautifully whelmed. (laughs) I wasn't underwhelmed, I can guarantee you that. (laughs) So we would so we do these potlucks, yeah. And and uh and it's just one of those joyful um things about Los Angeles. Like the when the magic of Los Angeles sort of clicks in, just to your point about you sort of it's like always out there the potential for it is always out there because there are so many amazing people here yeah but you get swept up in the sort of like not so great things about LA and so when you have these opportunities for these like pockets of time with people that come to mean so much to you it feels Mm -hmm. it just feels like it feeds you and and you feel strengthened by it and like and and it's great. I can live off of that for like months at a time. Yeah. And you you know know what? It's true because we will go months without seeing each other. But then when we do, it's like, there's nothing else I want to hear about what's been going on with you. Yeah. And I think, I think I'm at a phase and I'm assuming, in fact, I know you're at a phase where, you know, I I just want the people in my life to, to feed me, to feed my soul in a way. And so even if I don't see them every day, it's such a luxury when we do see each other. It's like, it grounds me a little bit, a lot. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. Yeah, exactly the same. And you travel so much. You're in. You, yeah, you guys have a little place in New Orleans that you got for a song. That's uh, that's Indeed. just been this great place for you to kind of get away. Yeah. And you guys, yeah. that's the other thing that I love about you guys is that you're just great travelers. You just get out there and you see the world. And yeah, we don't stop. I mean, at times we like this summer we look back and we realize I think we. I think we spent like three weeks at home this summer, and yeah, I'm you were, that's why we never May see each other because you're yeah you're gone all September. the time or I'm gone. Yeah, or somebody's, yeah, yeah. We just are nomads. We pick up and go, and if we know we have a week, you know, free, we'll just plan something. Uh, we're just we're adventurers, and you're my role model for that. For <laughs> sure. Really? Oh god! Thank yeah. you for saying that. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. There's something about well, first of all, we have been together a long time, and I feel yeah. like. Um, that's a, you know, it really does keep it fresh because you're experiencing all these new things together. And so you're building stories and you're building history and it just kind of layers a relationship. And then for me, like, I just, I'm restless. I'm a restless soul, you know? Have you always been? Yeah. Oh yeah. Even from when you were little? Yeah. I have. What are, what were... Well, let's use that as a segue. Where, where were, where were you born? And then where were you kind of a teenager? Born and a teenager in Montreal. Okay. Montreal, Quebec. And Canada. so was uh, French your first language and English second language or everything all at once? Uh, my mom is French Canadian. Marie-Diane Gadriou is her name. Bravo. <laughs> uh, and that whole side of the family is really, really French. I'm not very close with them. Um, but my dad's side, my dad never spoke a word 
Did she? I, the dog was the dog is acting like Sorry. something's going on. <laughs> did, did he do that a lot? Uh, I don't know. He hears the neighbors and he often thinks things are closer. <laughs> okay, it because okay. this is just a scene from oh, Harvey. Oh my god, he's in, it did. He's in the living no, room. He's like interested. He gets really interested in case he gets interested like if there are uh animals rustling around and stuff. I'm that was kind of scared. I know, I'm so sorry. It just all of a sudden he was so alert and he just like jumped up and all of a sudden I thought we are recording at night and now it has become like the haunted podcast. <laughs> Janet, for the record, Janet has these like big, beautiful, expressive eyes. (laughs) I just saw this flash of like fear. And this is sort of like, that was like a serious horror movie moment. So I, I, uh, I'm sorry that I scared you. I just had that (laughs) moment where I was like, let's make sure everything's cool. I have a guest here. Like I don't need a raccoon or a skunk spray, like a skunk spraying near the door of my dog. Also she lives in the forest in a log cabin. I live in a little bit of a forest. Listen, I looked out my window. Uh, I was, I was in my closet and the way that it worked out. I'm about to go to your closet and lock myself in. I know, don't, because there's a window there and this is where it happened. Oh God. In my closet, um, I had the, I think I like had the light off because i was just getting something and i looked up in the window and r- exactly where my own face reflection should be no, no. there was a raccoon oh god just sitting in the ivy and because <laughs> and, and because the ivy goes up the back of my house like there's a hill right behind my my house Jesus. so he was sitting up in the ivy like far away <sighs> But he was buried up to his head in the <laughs> ivy, so there was just this floating raccoon face staring at me so interestedly, like, curious, and we just had sort of a moment together after I pissed myself. I'm sure. The last thing you want to see when you're changing in your closet yeah, is a it, pair of eyes staring at you, whether really human or animal. It was definitely kind of a scary moment, and then I was delighted because Aww. I do get excited about animals, even skunks, two yeah. skunks. I can't believe I don't know if I've told the story it's not really a story but on the podcast before but I there was a period of time when skunks made sweet sweet love in my backyard <laughs> and I heard like a weird squeaking and rustling and I looked out the window and I was like oh wow, really like gross. full-on Nat Geo yeah, style yeah you're like Snow White <laughs> they just find I you charm them <laughs> into falling in love with each other but- <laughs> But you're like X-rated Snow White. They just come yeah, around yeah. you and they watch you change. <laughs> <laughs> they make love in your backyard. <laughs> What's happening? And one time you're I like woke Cinemax, up and a spider Snow was on White. my stomach and it was just, uh, yeah, a lot of hookups. A lot I saw of two lizards. And a lot of human hookups. And I think they were really? hooking up on our driveway, but it was really... I can't how seriously you just said, no, I you know what? they were hooking up. They were- <laughs> Like they were two teenagers. Oh my god! You guys totally just thought those were totally hooking up. And the reason it was weird and disturbing was that I'm pretty sure the guy lizard was clamping onto the head of the female lizard mm-hmm. while penetration was happening. All right. Okay, that's kind of, like, I took some like pictures. back of the neck. Yeah, like, hold her still. Oh, yeah, Ay, but like yeah, violently. Hate you. Yeah, don't hate know. you. That's yeah. the hookup. <laughs> That's the hookup. Oy, oy, oy. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, I think we're okay. <laughs> Nothing. There were, I didn't hear any rustling. He mellowed out. I think he just went over to see what it was about. So we're safe. Okay. So where were we? We're anything? going back to Montreal. Oh yeah. Okay. Montreal. Yes. My my. Da- so my mom's French Canadian. My dad did not ever speak one word of French ever his entire life he was a 
very famous in Montreal, um, one of the sort of founders of of English radio. Oh. Um, his name was Jack Finnegan. And growing up, everybody was always so excited that he was my dad. He had this thing called the Finnegan Quiz, and everyone would call in to the radio station and play the quiz, and he'd give away free, you know, certificates to restaurants and movie premieres. And that's pretty um, great. Yeah, he. So I grew up in radio. So this is, you know, I'm a I'm a giant podcast fan. I listen to podcasts every night of my life. Love it. Yeah, it's sort of comforting to me. And uh, and whenever he wasn't a good sleeper, I'm not a good sleeper. And and I just remember always hearing the radio in hushed tones mm. in the bedroom next door. But never French music, never French voices. Oh, no, no, no. He never... And Montreal is fully bilingual. Right. And actually my... Like pridefully so, right? Like sometimes aggressively so. <laughs> Aggressive, I think aggressively at this point, yeah. yeah. Uh, for many years. But yeah, it's going back to aggression, unfortunately. I can't unfortunately. believe I've never been there. I'm I can't so believe it. Well, you can't go ashamed. without me. We have to go together. I couldn't love that idea more. I'm dying to go. I've been it's wanting to go It's very hipster. Like I think it's yeah. I think it's the most hipster town I've ever <sighs> Yeah. I'm it's, not very It's hipster. not for lack of wanting to go. It just it just is not. I've never had every time I've like if the Montreal Comedy Festival isn't going, been I know, going on, I I'm working. There's that. always a reason that other people are going and I can't make it. Yeah. And then when all of a sudden I'm like, I gotta go, someone's like, it's not the right time of year. So because <laughs> it's January. Yeah. Yeah. That's when so I just need to make I definitely need to make it more of a priority. Um, I'm a little nervous because I do love the French language and I know I'm not going to understand any of it because I speak like classic French instead well, of that's okay because um, they're very forgiving there they are yeah it's not like French from France I mean when I go to France they make fun of me I feel like they're so sweet in France do to you? me they're because so you really nice make an effort. sometimes but wait a minute nice. you have a perfect all they care about is the accent like no, they, they love think if you I'm Belgian and I don't think they oh, like Belgians either because okay. I have a sort of a neutral French accent I, I don't see. speak really hardcore Québécois, I see, or Québécois, as they Québécois. say. <laughs> it's very cute, but it's um, it's a little rough around the edges. Um, but I, but my first language essentially was French because my elementary school, Villa Saint Marceline, was taught by very strict French nuns. Oh, you really had it. You had like a Madeleine. Oh yeah, experience. Yeah. Fully. How how much of that did you say? Which how much of that school was your elementary school only? That fully French, yeah, where they um, punished us for speaking English during Ooh, recess. La, 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 that la. was seven years, my first wow. seven years of schooling. I know, weird. Like I used to dream in French. I started. That was the best thing that happened to me when I was an exchange student. Is the 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 first dream that I had in French. I was like, and it was fully, I did it. yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that's really a sign it that you've really become completely familiar. I, that's that's all over now. <laughs> I mean, it's all over now. No, trust but, me. I, there are yeah. words I forget, and I'm like, whoa. Ugh. I mean, I need you know. If I spend a couple of weeks there, it all comes back. Yeah, but like I said, they're forgiving. Yeah, they do this thing called franglais. Right, right. It's, so it's a combo. So if you, you can can't do rem- whatever you, you, you can, can sub- substitute as needed. <laughs> Seamlessly thread in and out of English and French. That's they nice. don't care. That's nice. Yeah. I do want to go for that reason. Maybe just for the franglais, I'd be happy to yeah. go. And the food. And the food. The food. Um, and so, so elementary school was all French and all nuns. Was your high school? Uh, did, were there boys and girls? Were there private girls school again? Private girls, nuns. Uh, the nun was our headmistress. Um, and there was a convent attached to it and a chapel. But no, the teachers were 
just secular secular well i'm sure they were mostly although you know what was cool about that school even though it was a catholic school there were there was every religion every culture represented in that school and one of my best friends was muslim greek orthodox so many jews in montreal so like i was constantly going to rosh hashanah i was you know yeah um so i know my tons of yiddish it's no wonder i ended up with a jewish husband um but yeah i mean like every culture was represented there so i really there was and every ethnic group as well every ethnic group that's nice yeah i feel like a lot of people friends of mine who went to private school also were like in this very monochromatic world yeah of Caucasian kids. but montreal's not like that it's such a That's melting great. pot i That's mean great. there's like every community is represented every you know you can even tell just by the restaurant culture there um but it was kind of cool because you know the chapel everybody went to church on tuesdays but that was optional um whether or not you were catholic and they had to make it optional because a third of the school was yeah. not catholic yeah so i love that and we learned every religion we didn't just learn catholicism so uh and by the way, I'm a recovering Catholic at this point. <laughs> you are. Well, I guess that you know that was a, that's a good question. Is yeah. sort of what your belief system was like when you were in high school. If you felt like you had sort of, uh, if you felt an awareness of the, sort of the Holy Trinity in that way. And I'm sorry that I don't mean to sound dismissive about that because that's not how I feel about it. But well, I if you wanted fu- if to you be a nut, you did when I was like seven. I clearly remember. I was like, oh. yeah, I want to be a probably six or seven. Like I remember that thought for like a solid year i was really into it man what do you think what did what appealed uh, about it to you and i and that makes sense to me by the way there I, i'm not surprised by that somehow but i also don't know i think it's what you it know is. well first of all it was what was familiar i mean yeah especially the french school was you know it was religious i was being taught by nuns and these are the people you look up to i mean oftentimes you look up to your teachers well at least they were good then i mean at least it wasn't like they were wrapped on the knuckles and yelled at and being afraid all the time right i was afraid most of the time yeah (laughs) fair enough you know what half of them were cool the other half were just horrible people Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, unhappy i'm sure um but uh yeah i but then I think I just drifted further and further away from it. Um, and then it just was, you know, in high school, it was kind of there. And um, and then, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say I, I don't identify with really any of it as much anymore at all, even. There's something lovely about, I mean, I, I know that it's funny because I just podcasted uh, this lovely, lovely girl named Cara Santa Maria, and we had a almost the entire conversation was about the fact that we both grew up having to go to Mormon church, even though we weren't really believers. Wow! So I won't make this entire uh, episode about Catholicism, but um, especially not because what I was about to say is the most cliche thing you can say, which is, "But there's something really romantic about the rituals of Catholicism. <laughs> it's so pretty." And there's something romantic about the rituals from every religion. I That's, think you're absolutely right. And you know what? If you ever told me I couldn't have a Christmas tree, I would be freaking devastated because yeah. I turn into scary Christmas lady. I do. Well, I do too. You I, do you've too. seen my Christmas tree. I don't know. Well, because you and I are not tree, like but... shy around the decorations. Like no, we, we, we enjoy a holiday. Bored. <laughs> there's this Halloween walk that happens that we were just talking oh, about yeah. uh, before we started the podcast. There's a Halloween walk that happens in our neighborhood where they, the neighborhood association closes off 
certain streets for a like a two hour period and it's like this very rigorously for the ch- children's safety yeah. organized Halloween walk that like kit like families from other neighborhoods come into to participate in and the people in the houses on along the walk which mine is and Jen's isn't um you are they, you're like at the I'm aboard the crossroads the, this yeah, is like you're the crossroads this is the, this is basically like you like have a civic home base almost duty i do responsibility i do and last year i wasn't <laughs> around and i felt so bad that i just put a big table full of candy out anyway you should just hire sure. someone to represent but your house yeah yeah <laughs> i uh, hire a series of workers to just part yeah because yeah. it is like a groundswell of people you don't oh, yeah. you can't imagine but the kids are so cute well didn't and you, you have that neighbor growing and, up like where you would just go to almost like when kids are shipped to the sort of good school district don't you remember that neighborhood growing up where you would be like i gotta go there to score the good stuff yes yes and i'm trying to remember if i actually had friends who lived in those neighborhoods or if we would just find a way to go there anyway yeah no we full-on actually i kind of lived in that neighborhood did you except i was in like the like the say the very middle class version of that where I was in, I grew up in apartments yeah. and, and actually there's a part of me that like all I ever want to do at Halloween is be the girl that answers the doorbell and gives up the candy because I grew up in apartments. So I never, you couldn't ever be no, that person. And I just remember desperately screaming at the kids down below with a bowl of candy from my balcony oh. and like throwing oh. candy, but nobody wanted it. And it was, yeah, it was like a very, it was almost like a Mardi Gras gone wrong. Like, <laughs> throwing <laughs> random candy That's, at kids i'm not gonna lie to you i'm concerned that you might be seriously psychologically scarred <laughs> of course i am this is the kind of intimate stuff that comes out on the jv club it's Thanks very weird it's only like 10 minutes in already it. we're talking really about my it. Yeah. strange neuroses your sad halloween experience she grew up all alone uh, do you apartment. like dressing up for halloween now no not really but i do like the i love the people watching I do too and I I hate the sort of grown I I don't like you know even living in San Francisco uh in my very early 20s I tried to sort of get on board for like the Halloween like the the crazy <laughs> Castro Halloween experience but number 1 crowds yikes yikes number 2 I just what it feels like I like I am very much more First of all, no judgment. I love having fun and being a kid. And yeah. half of my house hey, is I like a seven-year-old should live here. I respect people yeah. that get into it. Totally like, I wish I it. had that gene. That's not, that's not how I want to spend my Halloween, like, being drunk with a bunch of people. I, that's just not how I want to yeah. spend my Halloween. Yeah. But I do love... Dress like a, dressing a hooker. Up. Yeah, yeah. Dress like I mean, a cat never, dressed as a... No, a hooker dresses as a cat. Or a, I never went through the, like, sexy Halloween not? phase. I definitely did. Ooh, speaking did of the you, nun I thing... I always just wanted to be weird Two years looking. ago, I was a hoary nun. So hey. I finally became a nun, Mom. <laughs> the circle is complete. You took all the great qualities about you. Your love of nuns and your hoariness. Um, that habit went so well with those fishnet tights. This is It's very easy to picture. Oh, yeah. It's very easy to picture. I always went for like the... I didn't get that. I didn't get that you were supposed to be sexy... It's, it's very just mean the girls. Easy it's way very out. mean girls of me to say this, and I really that really appealed to me in that movie, that Tina Fey movie that uh, right. Lindsay Lohan is in. When she says she somehow she didn't get the message that like you're supposed to be the slutty version of oh, right. whatever costume. She shows it up is. like in a rabbit costume. Right? Uh, she, no, I think what she's she? no, she's Rachel McAdams is in a rabbit costume, and she's like this horrific vampire <laughs> blood oh, right. like fangs. Yeah looks terrible and dead. <laughs> yeah. And, but that was more me. I was always interested in just, 
I think a lot of the time, I don't, this is probably not going to surprise anybody who listens to the podcast, but I feel like a lot of the time I wanted to dress up as like a male character. Yeah. Um, I, that's my default too, by the way. I enjoyed that so much. Yeah. I do like the sort of gender bending of Love that. It. And that's how I, I like to dress in real life. Like I'm not opposed to a necktie. For sure. For sure. Johnny calls me Annie Hall. Like half the time Love I get dressed. Love it all. Yeah. Love it all. <laughs> I was, uh, I feel like my most successful version of that was, um, dressing up as uh wesley from the princess bride oh what? like with <laughs> with the mask because i look like him already guys <laughs> you do this not. is yes i do here's what's is gonna that happen carrie elwes yes yeah. here's what's gonna happen you know, i'm going like yeah i do i am going to have jewels on the pinch we have a pinterest account which uh if you once this episode airs um one of my like my sort of fan and friend in new zealand who i met through the podcast guys you've heard this a million times uh puts together but just in case you haven't if you're a fan of jen's and you don't know this podcast um she puts together f- images that represent the things we talk about oh so she calls from the internet oh like God. all of these you know so there's this wonderful visual collage of all the stuff that we talk about oh. so there'll be like something from montreal and like oh it's be, gonna be like twisted catholic there will be a hot whoa. nun yeah, i'm sure yeah. there's like a sexy nun that you'll yeah. find um but uh but what was it what did that oh the princess bride thing so sh- we'll put a picture of i'll find a picture of myself that looks the most like because i don't have a picture of me in the costume did you but do the like that didn't like, you have like a good i did like a the little facial hair thing mustache <clears throat> and a right. little bit of like a scruff with like a stippling brush okay now i'm picturing it and i can um, kind of see it yeah if like i had a black mask on yeah and uh <laughs> What a pleasure. I and love then, that you drew from the Princess Bride like every little girl's dream to be the princess, but you went for the freaking For sure. You Same went for with the like, dude. And pretty I pretty much love anything that. like that. Like wouldn't you rather wear those like high pirate boots yeah. than like some way more gown? comfortable, by the right? way. And easy yeah, easy to yeah. navigate the streets of wherever you are. Oh yeah. I think it's just where I found myself when I moved here and started going out. I was always like Ending up at some, you know, cheese ball party where I knew everybody would just, but then again, thinking, you know, dressed like a whore. So I thought, okay, well, I'll just whore it out. That's what's expected. And of by me. the way, because also I. Just so am, funny because there, you have the face of, you really do have the face of a nun. Like you have the face of an angel. You have the face <laughs> well, and of and an I'm angel. I'm a really conservative dresser in life. Yeah. So I guess in a way it was also like my license to be like, ooh, I'm going to wear a short skirt. Yeah. And not be concerned about it. Yeah. Um, but maybe that was why. But I have to say the past couple of years, I just like, I'll just go to a vintage vintage shop and wear like a really just like old crack whore 70s <laughs> gown and call it a day. Do you and Johnny coordinate dressing up? He tries to. He's really big on that. I'm not so much. I just sort of, you know, do my own thing. And then he stresses out because it doesn't go with his. So then <laughs> he changes his whole concept. I always like the idea of a concept costume duo yeah but it is kind of a pain to put together the last really good one was when chris and i were still together and there's a picture of this on facebook because it was like a big deal because we asked you know he's got a jillion twitter followers yeah. and we asked them to come up with mashup costume oh, mashups for smart. us so that made sense together so or maybe i don't know right they had to make sense together so because he was yeah because he was uh, Luke Skywalker, Texas Ranger. Okay, and I was Goldie Han Solo. Oh, that's so we good. took the two, and then we had to like physically represent each. That's like, really uh, clever. They, they turned out really well. Can you send me a picture of that? I will. It's definitely on Facebook, so I'll make sure that um, that Jules pulls it up. 
Yeah, but, that's uh, way more clever than we've ever done. I know. But we it was did, really like, fun. Well, it's fun when you turn it over to other people who are smarter and cooler than you. Like yeah. everything I ever ask my fans about, they always come up with something cooler than I could have come up with on my own. Okay, that's a good idea. So, Maybe I'll do that for this. Well, last year we were we were sailors in new in new orleans we went to new orleans That's which is fun what kind of the, sailor outfit just like a big bib um, kind of like an old school like i Popeye was a hoary sailor <laughs> <laughs> i'm going back to it again <laughs> because it was twenty dollars at, at hollywood costumes what, what was hoary about it it was a short skirt um although any part i've that never used exposed. the word more ever <laughs> in my life i put a thermal under it a so i could stay warm and b because i'm conservative and dress so i thought it was a bit low cut so the thermal sort of covered that <gasps> and then i but i did get some i went to like a, a stripper shop on hollywood next door to the costume place and just got some like boots and white fishnets under which I wore another pair of tights because those were too revealing. <laughs> and then <laughs> cutting yourself off at every turn for the exact purpose of what the costume is supposed to be. And then Johnny, Johnny was in like a very ill-fitting, you know, sailor costume. But, but both of them came in a plastic bag. Right. Um, so, you know, it was not creative. But the best By the one way, I it's saw, not even a good plastic bag. It's no. like a sad, crackly plastic bag that it's like the second you round. open it with the snaps, it just sort of that, even the that disintegrates. Yeah. You smell the must as yes. you open the package. And, but the best ones I saw, the best one I did see in New Orleans, because New Orleans is just amazing. Does Halloween. New Orleans remind you of Montreal at all? I've They're, never been to Montreal, but. Yeah, it's funny that you asked that a little bit a little bit well they say that the, that it really started that the people of new orleans are are are, are people that that's you know, why yeah mm-hmm. that's why i it suddenly occurred to me that maybe that would be like a that cajun is sort of yeah it's sort of a, a twisted french canadian yeah um yeah there's a i think there's a, a something about that city first of all montreal is my you know it's just i know it's my hometown but i feel such a connection to it and new orleans there's like a darkness to New Orleans that I really I really like I like that it's a survivor Mm -hmm. I like that it it you know gets back up after being knocked down constantly yeah um I like that it has a history and it's a it's got a grit to it that I really um appreciate I like to hear about that that from people who love it I I've only been once and I really enjoyed my time there but I never felt the click that I I I know the, the that passionate love that people have for the city. Yeah, I didn't get there, and it's not to say that I wouldn't have gotten there. How I was long working. There? I was only there like a week. Okay, and I was working every day. Yeah, um, and I was there in the summer. I it think you really need to hot. be with locals too to just to to see their side of it because yeah. I'll you know if not then you're sort of walking aimlessly around. It's the same thing with Montreal. You're either walking around the French Quarter like up and down bourbon which i avoid at all costs or in montreal you're you're only seeing old montreal which is absolutely stunning and you should absolutely head there first but that's not all the city has to offer right um i'd I'd love to take you there too and just kind of show you you know take you to the best places to eat yeah i I went to that i went to like (laughs) an area where there was great vintage shops and some really great cafes and i loved it i mean i really did love that and i loved those the houses around there and i was staying in the french corner of corner (laughs) the french quarter which was super charming i just i think i was just working too much yeah it was like one of those it was one of those 
shoots where you like red eye in from another job do that and then red eye back and work no. the same day as you flew kind of thing and yeah. I think I was just fried yeah, that's a hard city to, to work in too because it's it's it's, so it's all about a complete release and I and I like that about that too because I tend to go all or nothing right the way I conduct my life is when I'm working I'm so hyper disciplined and then when I'm off I I go hard. I mean, I go to every restaurant. I, you know, bottle of wine after bottle of wine. And it's just, it, it's always been how I am. It's all or nothing. I work hard. I play hard. And I, and I think that city is very conducive to that. How early did you start working from when you were in high school in Montreal? Um, I started, I Act, guess acting. I'm not, by the way, she was not a streetwalker. <laughs> After We're not every- about to like <laughs> uncover some sort of. Well, my first love, of course, as you know, was prostitution. Because- <laughs> the amount of times we said horror. I, mean, yeah. I, I may as well have been, I guess, at this point. Um, I don't know how feminist it is of us to have continued to use that word, but that's a struggle right. I have on every podcast. I'm a giant feminist for the record, too. Um, but we are talking about terrible Halloween costumes. Exactly. So. Yeah, not about people right. specifically, right. just about me being uninvented <laughs> in cheap Halloween <laughs> costumes. Um, I, well, what do you mean, like, prof- like professionally? Yeah, because I just feel like you've been on television forever. And, well, I, I guess I kind of have. Um, I started on TV. I mean, did you have a normal kind of high school experience where you were? Oh yeah, dating boys and no dating, no, no dating, no, no, no. I was so shy. Oh God, I was really shy. Yeah, Aww. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I can't wait to see pictures of you from high school because you're going to have to provide one for the podcast. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh come up God. With one. I don't, you know, I was looking at my <laughs> my yearbook the other day, and the picture I selected for the yearbook is so serious. Oh, yeah? And I remember my dad saying, honey, use the one with the cute little, you know, half-smile smirk that you do. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, dad, no, I'm going to really take the serious one. <laughs> <laughs> and I really... I'm going to make my mark in this yearbook. <laughs> oh, God. It's, and it doesn't even look serious. I just look, I look melancholy. Oh. I know. I hope um, we can come up with that. <laughs> so oh. I guess I start no very normal, um, very normal high school. You know, very shy. But when I was twelve or thirteen, I um, took it upon myself to like go to. Um, I found like a community theater type class without telling my parents. Did they offer any kind of like acting and stuff inside the high school? Um, there was drama class. We had a great drama class, but I. You know, I wanted to do something in addition to. Okay. And I felt um, a connection to that. And I also was so shy that I needed something. I tend to tackle things head on that I'm afraid of. So I found this community theater class and I I signed myself up. And then I... I, I it, it, where does that come from? This, this idea of tackling something. I mean, at that age. I mean, I guess a lot of kids are more fearless. I certainly was fearless about certain things when I was that age. But I don't know that I had the self-awareness and the fortitude to have to recognize a fear and combat it right i don't know that i could have i don't think that like what i was being fearless about was necessarily the thing i was really afraid of that i wanted really badly i think i was just i don't know that's really mature right and i mean i definitely was a old old lady soul yeah i was did you is your mom like that is your dad like that my mom is not my mom is a very the complete opposite young young soul um almost like naive 
like shockingly naive in a, in an incredibly sweet way. Did um, you sense that when you were when you were a kid? Did oh yeah, you sort yeah. of develop? I think our roles because reversed of you need, because you need to develop. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think at thirteen, it okay. definitely sort of started to make that switcheroo. Yeah, my dad and I um, were incredibly close at that point. Um, I was living with him. Okay. Um, and so yes, he's brothers a, and sisters. No, yeah, just like you. I have to ask questions like I don't know the answers. <laughs> um, I love when yeah. I meet. Yeah, I, we both lived with our dads. only children. There's not yeah. that. I feel like there's not that many of us. I agree, especially here for some reason in LA. True. So I always have. You think kinship. this whole thing, but based on the stigma attached to only children, you'd think that LA would be a city of only children. <laughs> yeah, not the case. I know. So that's that's funny. But no, you, you're right about the only child thing. You'd think LA would be full of them, but uh, no. I just was a really old soul, and I knew that it was something that I needed. Yeah. And I also was very keen on pretending. I loved, you know, only children. We were big pretenders and I and I really dug that. And was so, and your dad was in an apartment? Yeah. Did you have like places that you sort of secret places to yourself that you could go and I kind did. of just top imagine shelf, and be top shelf of the linen closet. Oh. Yep. Yeah, weird. I love that. <laughs> That was my spot. Got to find your little spots yeah. wherever you can. Well, the day I couldn't fit up there was a very sad day. Um, <laughs> you'd probably like a dumbwaiter. <laughs> It'd be like top shelf, but you could, but also an elevator. It's perfect. We got to get you into a dumbwaiter I'm telling stat. you, I would build that right now. Oh. I need my quiet time, honey. I need my quiet time. I'm going and go to my dumbwaiter. Dumb <laughs> a dumbwaiter. I feel like a dumbwaiter factors into so many children's <laughs> books and adventures, and yet I've never seen a real dumbwaiter, I don't think. You haven't? I don't know. It seems it's oh, very... I've seen one. I've seen <laughs> Oh, I've seen one. <laughs> you haven't lived till you've seen the you inside of a dumbwaiter, guys. Why is it called a dumbwaiter? Well, maybe, I don't know, actually. Do you know what? Don't do this to me because Johnny always says that I will answer any question whether I know the answer or not. So I'm going to say, you know why? I like this because, because I'm going to come up with an answer that's probably the same as yours. Like, I would much rather make something up than say I don't know. Well, the reason why I do <laughs> is because... Um, back when a waiter couldn't figure out how to get up the stairs, he would just sort of use this thing and lever it. It was just easier for yeah. those dumb waiters out there. Who, Fantastic. You like that? I do. Unfortunately, that's like not the reason it's called a dumb waiter. It is. We're playing Balderdash right now. <laughs> the reason that it is called a dumb waiter, gin, uh-huh. okay. is actually, it's similar, but it is... Uh, the reason is that it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she can't even get it. How much out. more time can I buy for myself while I try to think of a different reason? The reason is that it I was win a because way I didn't of, take any time. It was a way of transferring things from floor to floor, mm-hmm. obviously the way a waiter would. But there's no, you can't have a conversation with it because it doesn't have a voice. <laughs> so you're thinking of it as dumb, like stupid, but it's actually that it's a dumb waiter. Dumb, like right. you it can't ask it any questions or place any orders. <laughs> And have anything answer back to you, but it does principally the same thing that a waiter does, which is like lift and lower okay. stuff. Okay. I, first of all, you took way too much time to come up with that, that answer. Is so Secondly, true. you incorporated my answer into it, <laughs> I so I went a hundred percent. No argument coming from me. No argument coming from me. Oh my god. Anyway. You had to wait too long for the answer, and my answer was dumb. So, <laughs> so that's the dumb waiter. That's the dumb waiter right there. We both lose. Um, I totally get that, and I 
but what I miss, one of the things that I miss most about being a kid and one of the reasons that when I think about like wanting to have kids and I, and this is a terrible reason to have kids because obviously life is difficult when you raise children and there's a lot of challenges to it too. But that sense of wonder about the simplest, smallest places and things, the way, I mean, I loved the alleyways near my dad's, just in my dad's neighborhood, the alleys, because they were so ill-kept that they were full of like grass and weeds and like yeah. broken bricks and reeds that grew up from God knows what. And they were just like, they were poorly maintained because they weren't used for anything. Yeah. And so to me, that was like a wonderland All to right. be able to be stuck in between the backyard walls of, of people like this is all the people's houses. This is all the people's houses. And I'm just living in between that. Yeah. In my little play area where Whoa. I'm just like, you know, yeah. pretending whatever I'm pretending the podcast listeners know more often than not, I was pretending to be Anne of green Gables. <laughs> um, but Canadian this, I know. <laughs> and I've never been to PEI either. Oh, you need to make that oh, little I'm pilgrimage furious with myself for mm-hmm. the things I've not done yet. <laughs> um, but uh but yeah that's those spaces as an only child especially yeah i didn't even seek out i had plenty of friends but i didn't mostly one-on-one friends i don't yeah. know if that was true for you too oh yeah my, my best friend and oldest friend who continues to be my my best and oldest friend we just call each other sisters at this point but yeah. she's an only child and we my god the games we would invent she lived in an apartment on the same street and i would bike up there and we would <laughs> i mean just two crazy kids we would have, first of all, our survival fanny packs, um, which I packed. And um, I, I was very detail-oriented. I mean, it included a package of Swedish berries, always. Mm. Um, I love Swedish berries paper and Swedish clip. fish. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Paper clips, Band-Aids, obviously, and Neosporin. I love this which kit. I never travel without Neosporin to this day. This and Band-Aids. wonderful. And then we would have our notepads, and we would... We would sit in the lobby, sometimes hide behind the lobby furniture, and we would observe the people coming in and out of the building and write notes on them and stories about them. And we would make up like elaborate stories, but dramatic. And we were these sort of two detectives. It's really weird, right? No, this is what you're describing sounds like every single book that I was crazy about that I read (laughs) over and over and over and dog-eared all the pages when I was that exact age, which is like Harriet the Spy. Yeah. And... From the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil A. Frankweiler, where these kids go and they I live they that. live in the Natural History Museum, they run away from home, Ooh. pack up like a great pack, yeah, kits and stuff, and like and and they are they hide away and live inside the Natural History Museum, the Smithsonian or the Natural what History is it Museum, called? Smithsonian, I think. No, I don't know. From the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler. Okay, okay. And then all the Zelfa Keatley Snyder books where all of these kids are having these like amazing adventures and they're so imaginative. What oh, you yeah. described to me sounds like a children's book. Like a young adult book. Like a really great... It's so funny. Well, I was obsessed with horror movies, so I always got really like gruesome <gasps> with the stories. Like what, that what, one what, killed what, his what, wife. He killed his <laughs> wife. <laughs> what horror movies? Oh, God. Everything. I would torture did you all see it my too? Friends. Did you see stuff too young? Oh, yeah. My da- but you I still remember. loved it, so obviously it didn't do that much damage. Well, I'm sure it did some because I'm so fearful now, even though I still torture myself and loved... That's the thing I like most about Halloween is the movies that come on and I just shut yeah. myself in with Johnny and we just watch and then I don't oh. sleep for days. But no, I just... I remember I would have sleepovers 
and I would make everyone watch the horror movies. And I just remember one time, <laughs> one of the poor girls that I made watch something just completely inappropriate for like a bunch of nine year olds. It was probably like Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that. Oh, I got we'll horrible. Talk about this in a second. We'll talk about this in a second. Like, why would I? I was obsessed with horror movies. Yeah. And I remember it was like really late for us. We were probably eight. It was probably 11 p.m. And she literally like got out, like walked out of the room and ran up to my mom and said, call my mother. I'm going home. Oh. And her mother came and picked her up because she was hysterically bawling because I had made her watch the movie. Okay. I had a few of those. For really? sure. For sure. Slumber parties where I watched <laughs> stuff that scared the shit out of me. And then it felt like I was the only one left awake. <laughs> Everybody else was asleep, but I kind of loved them too. Like I really had a mixed experience with that, but I definitely remember one time I was at a sleepover and we watched the birds. Oh yeah. Oh, I and love. then my sleeping bag was right next to the chimney. Oh my God. So I was convinced that like birds were going to come out and peck my eyes oh, out. Oh no. I also, my mom, when my dad must've been traveling or it was probably running, right. He was probably traveling, writing a book or something. And my mom had to leave to go out of town for some reason. And she the, at the, I'm sure it was someone through the church because the church, like, they take care of their own, which is great. But it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, basically, I think that she just, like, found someone who would let me stay that night there. And it was not people I knew. So it was a mom and her daughter. And it might have been a friend of my mom's, but I did not know her at all. And yeah. I did not know her daughter. And I had never been there before. And I think for personalities like us, that's very difficult, very no unpleasant. Good. No yeah. good. Just to be dumped off at someone's house you've never been to to stay oh. the night. Like, good night. No. With strangers? No. On top of which, her daughter was a little older than me, and she showed me Poltergeist. Oh, God. That's what just worst. come out like The clown on. doll. Don't even get me started it on clowns. It was horrifying. Oh, it's still horrifying. It's scary. It's a great, scary movie. Yeah. It's funny, too. It's That's really, really traumatic. good movie. It was really, age. really scary. To the point where, I mean, we, we joke and we say it was traumatic, I think it might have actually been traumatic, but I do love horror movies. I feel like it's traumatic probably in ways I can't, I don't know. I'm still afraid of clowns. I'll tell I you that I definitely don't feel that. And Stephen King's It was definitely oh, super terrifying clown-wise. I, I think that Clown-wise. Very skinny elderly men in black suits are a little frightening Like Kane from the Poltergeist 2? Oh, yeah. That guy. Poltergeist 2. Yeah. The, the Poltergeist 2 was so bad it didn't even deserve us to be scared of it. But oh, we were anyway. but Wait, here's, oh, but one. this is what I was going to say about oh, Nightmare yeah, on Elm Street. Oh, no, please. You're, <laughs> no, there's you're one called guest. Burnt Offerings, which is maybe oh, seen it. one of the worst. <laughs> worst. It's I feel so, like I've heard of it as being one of the worst movies. I mean, it's hard to find. It's kind of obscure. But it's. I don't know why my mom... The only thing that's good about it is that Betty Davis is in it. Okay. Um, But other than that, it's like just... the It's <gasps> laughable. Oh my god, you what? just made me think of a movie. Really? Sorry. Watcher in the Woods. Did you ever see that? I feel like I probably did. Betty Davis is in that also. Real okay, yeah, it's a, uh, I did see that. It's a Disney I, I know movie. I just, uh, ooh, I think I need to see oh, that again. Oh, I just Oh, I just freaked myself out. <laughs> it's a kid's movie, so it's not but it's like genuinely I remember it as being like really scary. Yeah. Uh, uh, guys, everyone, don't let me forget Watcher in the Woods. Okay, Tweet me. You remind, remind me, me watch her in the woods. Okay. Yeah, remind me at the end because okay. I want to. I actually want to rent that. Okay, we're um, gonna rent that. But that one, please rent Burnt Offerings. We'll it's it's almost laughable, but there's a limo driver in it who oh he drives. No, it's not a limo. I'm sorry, a hearse driver. Of course, and he. Of course, you would he, get those confused. <laughs> that explains that really creepy vehicle. I took to the award show last like a, year. A hoary hearse. It's like a horse hearse whore. Um, <laughs> Oh, you could fit a hot tub so much easier, right? 
right. Um, so, uh, but yeah, but there's this one limo driver, hearse driver, and he's so great. Did it again. He's so creepy, and he always comes in with this really, it's the music, I think, that gets me. And then he drives in, and he smiles. He always smiles, and he's got these dimples and that, like, chin dimple thing. Oh, the chin dimple. And it used to kill my best friend and I. I mean, literally just freak the crap oh. out of us. So yeah, look that one up. Burnt, Burnt offerings. offerings. Yeah, Watcher in the terrible. Woods is, <clears throat> it's weird. The thing about Watcher in the Woods that I love so much is because I loved horror movies, but I was way more obsessed with like the occult and yes. ESP and oh, yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Like my friend Martha and I would, Did you do Ouija board? I, we did Ouija we, board we, for we sure. the crap out for of that sure. board. Yeah. But I think also I had a lot of friends where we didn't have the conventional ways to get creeped out like that. So we would make stuff up, uh-huh. but and so Martha and I, and I think she still, I hope she still listens to the podcast. Hi, Martha, uh, <laughs> was w- one of my best friends and starting in fifth grade, and um, and we would both at my house and at her house, and her parents live out in the desert up against this beautiful mountain. And um, the only issue I have, and I think she knows this because she's had experiences with this, is that her parents always left the doors open and stuff. Oh, like God. it was just very safe, but. What it wasn't safe from was desert bugs, which are like the worst. So what do they look? She like? got stung by a scorpion in oh, her no. bed. What? In her bed. There's tarantula. Tarantulas are fine, but like they're still scary looking. Wolf spiders. Tarantulas are not fine. Brown recluses. Black widows. Like this desert is basically made to kill you. Oh, Everything yeah. in the desert is like made to kill you. So bless her heart, she definitely had like oh, a lot God. of bug encounters. But oh. she's probably a lot better about with bugs than I am, just oh. from Scorpion exposure Scorpion in therapy. your bed? Scorpion okay, I'm not going to sleep tonight, thank Scorpion you. Scorpion in your bed. I mean, I always have to have something like in my ears, like when I'm sleeping, because my hair has to be covered oh, in my ears. Oh, you're giving me so many willies right I now. I know, because like... Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we would like stay up all night and... We would, we had this, like, there were a few different things that would happen. A lot of it was like, it sounds like we were high, but we were just little <laughs> kids who were enthusiastic and then very also overtired. You were high. But we love that feeling of when you're so overtired, you're like wonked out. That feeling of where, first of all, everything becomes really funny yeah. because you're so tired. I just burped. And second <laughs> of all, um, I think we had convinced ourselves that. We were more like you're more open to like whatever yeah. when you're really tired. You're you're open. You're more open to your brain doing whatever it can do than it during the day. You're just guarded and you feel like I know how my brain works. I know what I'm capable of. We're like let's just like get loose. Like we're really tired. Maybe we'll be able to like unlock something in our minds. So we would like put a rubber ball down on the ground and we'd be like, we're so tired. We're just going to relax our minds. Oh my God. And we're going to move that ball across the room. Whoa. And we, and then you get so tired that you kind of hallucinate and like, think just maybe move? you did. Just moved. I mean, we could spend hours <laughs> doing stuff like that. I love the whole ESP I and the whole thing. And the point is that Watcher in the Woods is more about stuff like that. It was like, there's this like like Betty Davis's daughter Karen is like she was missing, but this girl who moves into this very kind of scary haunted spooky mansion keeps keeps seeing reflections of this girl Ooh, yeah. in the mirror, and she's got a blindfold on oh, a yeah. white blindfold, and she's clearly terrified and trapped. I've seen that, and we don't know where she is or what happened, and it turns out she's trapped in another dimension, mm. and that's very. That's complicated. Yeah. That's a complicated concept for yeah. a scary movie for kids. It was a Disney movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I just watched it over and over and over and over wow. again. And I just loved how 
creepy it was. That and Candle Shoe, man. Candle Shoe is still like one of my all time favorite shoe? movies. Oh my God, it's so good. I it's not a scary movie. Shoe. Not a scary movie. It is a story. It is a movie about, it stars Jodie Foster. She plays this kind of like, at her absolute tomboyish best. Aww. Like that, that 13, 14 year old yeah. where like she's just so clearly uncomfortable in girls' clothes. Like she's mostly just wearing flannels and jeans <laughs> and sneakers. It's the 70s, so she's got her hair all raggedy in her face. And I think she'd gotten her, I think she had, I don't know, either she had braces or she had braces in Freaky Friday, and I'm getting confused, and she didn't actually have braces in real life. But anyway, she plays this American, like, basically like a street urchin essentially she's just like kind of a scab you know she's yeah. like a t- messed up troubled kid and um somehow she somebody th- finds her and thinks that she has like the same birthmark that makes her potentially the heir to this um british estate in england and they take her there. They basically groom her to make her, they're like, we're going to pull the wool over this old lady's eyes and you'll get a cut of it or whatever. Oh, and wow. she'll think you're the granddaughter. So they train her to be like the granddaughter that this sweet old British woman um, is missing because this little girl went missing forever ago. And so, and then, so it's this whole story of how they take her to like, you know, try to claim this estate. But this sweet old lady, um, why am I blanking? It's Helen gosh she's amazing it's like dame helen something she's just one of the most amazing um, british actresses ever helen not helen Mirren. No, no it's like helen hayes maybe <gasps> oh yeah okay so, I think so and um and what's his name is in it david i can't believe i'm blanking on these names it's just because i worked a full day david guys. niven yes david oh, niven. Wow, yeah. thank you i have an old movie person, uh, i couldn't so. love david niven more yeah. i'm ashamed of myself yeah. then you'll love that then you'll love this movie okay so anyway she goes to i can't believe we're using the podcast for us to talk about movies yeah. we like. she goes to um she goes to candle shoe is i think the name of the estate i guess she goes there She's like, yeah, she's like trying. She's like, yeah, I guess I must be your granddaughter or whatever. But she's like really rough around the edges. And a bunch of little British orphans have been living with her, taking care of the estate and stuff. And they hate her. But then like, are they going to get along? And then there's this, they're looking for this treasure. It is awesome. It's such a great children's film. (laughs) It totally holds up. Um, (laughs) It's charming. It's adorable. I I really honestly argue that there's something for everyone. I feel like we need to like make some popcorn and and we have to watch something scary. We'll watch watch in the woods we'll watch candle shoe um but but nightmare on elm street and then i promise we'll stop talking about movies but nightmare on elm street was a movie where i was so afraid i heard about what it was about and that's all it took yeah i had nightmares about the idea oh, yeah. of dying in your dreams oh yeah to the point where i blew I blew the real movie away. With my, you know what I'm saying? By the time I finally saw the movie, I was like, oh, this is nothing. Oh I was still scary, but I had, cre- I mean, the I don't know, like the one in my so head was scary. so real and yeah. so scary that I was, I had nightmares about the idea of the movie of Nightmare on Elm Street. So funny. Without even seeing it. Oh my God. 
Wow. Well, that's yeah. an only child thing, too. We're very good in our imaginations. Too good. Yeah. Some would argue too good. Too good. <laughs> so you, listen, by the way, we're almost out of time. So you <laughs> enrolled in community theater. Yeah. Uh, we barely got into your high school years. Um, what what kind of plays did you do in community theater? Were Just, they was I, it fun to be with? I think I've had a couple of other guests who did community theater also, and I always wonder if it was it was was it cool to sort of be with a bunch of different ages yeah. rather than like a bunch of kids all playing adults. It was like I think it was a you know the it capped at like seventeen, so it was a lot of younger kids. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was like the the bakers in it and he's playing uh, King Lear. No, no, no. I mean it was, you know, it was just a lot of sort of misfit kids that um just needed an outlet and we would write our own plays and um mm-hmm. I remember one play we wrote was called The Court of Queen Caractacus. Oh. And it was a comedy and I was the queen and we uh, I mean they advertised it around the town that I grew up in, um, or the suburb that I grew up in. Um, and it was a packed house. It was city hall and it was a packed house. And I remember the audience really laughing and I, wow, I was like, this is okay. This is completely addictive, completely addictive. And from somebody who was so awkward, like I still to this day cannot public speak. I mean, just horrifying to me. If you ask anyone that went to school with me, I would turn seven shades of purple and sweating, shaking, stuttering. Because you were saying that before we started the podcast, like this idea of me being live as myself every day yeah. to viewers rather than being able to like disappear into a character and mm-hmm. be shot on film or be in a play where there's like a structure, a beginning, middle, and end. And- yeah. It's very, it's, it that was layer in that I went and saw that Megan Mullally was in and stuff. Oh, you were so good. Oh, thanks. I oh, loved doing that. It was so good show. to be doing theater again. Yeah. And I, and I missed that, but You're it was so good at it. Thank you. It was, um, but yeah, that was just like, that was just a taste for me. And, and I loved how comfortable I felt up there. I couldn't believe how comfortable I felt up there. What a there. revelation, right? Yeah. For being somebody who's shy. Yeah. And- I think I remember the nuns growing up in elementary, like they kept asking my mom if I actually spoke because well, I just never said a word. And but then in high school that kind of changed. I was a bit of a smart ass. But still when it came up to when it came to public speaking, I just couldn't. And then in we have a thing called Sejap in Montreal, which is or in Quebec that is after high school. So it's basically grade 12 and 13 prepping you for university. Okay. So I went to that, which was the first time I'd ever been in classrooms with guys. Yeah. Oh my God. For I mean, talk about shy. Like then I really couldn't say anything. And then I was, you know, getting attention from some of these guys and so embarrassed, so shy, so awkward for the first year. Then I got my groove, you know. Then you got your groove. But man, I was a mess. I was a mess. And I'm fr- I'm a pretty outspoken person and so and especially being growing up in girl schools, you really you really get a confidence in yourself um that that I I I really appreciated. Like I think Well, it's interesting you say that cuz yeah, I did I I I think I've, I've talked about this before because I had done this segment on um segregation in schools on on HuffPost and because they because there are some public schools who are segregating their kids uh for certain classes which I've very conflicted feelings you know what I don't even have conflicted feelings about it I understand what do you mean like a sex ed or something no I mean like math 
What? Like math class for boys and math class no, for that's girls. Weird. That's weird. Right? It's yeah, weird. It's no. like if you, you're either in a co-ed school or you're not. Listen, I mean, listen, but, if you're but, talking but about what you're sex just saying about kids right. are awkward around right. each other talking about sex, that I would understand. We're talking about numbers. But the, but the, well, there's a whole, there's a whole argument behind it that I'll get into with you, uh, offline. But, um, <laughs> but I agree with you, but, but there are, there is evidence to support the, the reason for doing this. I mean, it's not just happening will, willy nilly, but what you just said about this idea of the confidence that being at this all girl school built, I mean, that kind of stuff, um, it's an entirely different experience than I had at public, public school and I'm fiercely defensive of how important I think it is for boys and girls to be together. Yeah. Well, I know. I'm just talking about but my But you know what? Experience. I definitely would agree with you when I got to Sejap and could not utter a word in class because there were boys there and I was so shy and I've just, you know, I was a mess. So yeah, that would be, look, I'm on the fence. Yeah. I'm on the fence. <laughs> You're on the fence. <laughs> we don't have to decide this tonight, but... Um, <laughs> Okay, and so uh, college or straight to into working? Um, university, I was accepted into communications, and I was really psyched about that. It was a really small group of people, and um, I was loving it, but that's when I got an agent and started going out for TV. Is this still, and it still is in Montreal? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I got the third thing I, or maybe the first, I don't know, I, I, got, I got work quickly. Yeah. Um, and I remember my I remember my first on screen line, which was a Nickelodeon show, an American show. And after the producer ran up to me and said, "Please stop saying a boat. It's about." It's <gasps> their fault for shooting in Canada. I know. Um, but my first on screen line was it was a murder mystery show. I know you love this. So appropriate. What was the show called? It was called The Mystery Files of Shelby Wu, and it was with Pat Morita and sort of it was like an Asian Nancy Drew. How cute is that? It was really cute. I've never heard of it. Well, I most people haven't. haven't. But Pat Morita was absolutely lovely. And it was, I was, you know, I'm like 18 and there's Mr. Miyagi. Sure. Um, that's big stuff. But my first on-screen line was, I know who did it. I played like a cheerleader that wore a string of pearls. That much I remember. <laughs> <laughs> like a preppy cheerleader that wore pearls. And I, my first line was, I know who did it. Delivered not much better than that. Uh-huh. Probably worse. And I look, I, this was before I had seen Michael Caine on acting, the video that taught me everything I needed to know for huh? my first week on set. I have a problem because I've never seen it. Oh so my God, you haven't? I still don't know how to act. Honey, everyone li- rent, just rent it. It's okay. But fun- it's so, it's so fantastic. Okay. I mean, he's intense. Um, but you, but I, but anyway, I did the, I said the first line. It was the first take of me ever being on a set before. And I looked directly down the, for, wait, I'm sorry. Let me preface it with, I walked to the mark, looked down at the mark to make sure I was standing on the right, at the right spot for the camera to get me, then looked completely directly down the barrel of the camera. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and said my line. I love it. And I just remember, cut, and the director ever so delicately coming up to me <laughs> and saying, Jen, you know, when you say the line, you you want to say it to the person, not directly <laughs> into the camera. Listen, if you were doing a commercial, you might be in good shape. <laughs> Learn it on the job, I people. know who did it. Tide Stainstick did it. <laughs> It fixed my cheerleader skirt. Oh my god! But I was so lucky to learn on the job from these people who were so kind. That's adorable. Yeah. And then when did you end up on the soap opera? Um, I was I had worked a bunch in Montreal and Toronto. I was going back and forth and had no plans to come to LA. 
but my mom was working my mom worked for delta for 27 years and she was booking a flight for this guy and she never talked about me but this guy was calling from la and he was booking a flight and there was a reservations office in montreal which is where she worked and he just kept talking about the business and oh yeah you know he's very fancy and my mom finally just interjected with i kind of know what you're talking about my daughter is actually an actress here and he said really well why don't you send me her you know like a tape of some of her work and i'll give it to uh, a manager you know and he could have been yeah you know a mess it's so amazing it's so amazing these things that these small things that happen yeah connections these little connections that happen that spark off like a whole giant thing yeah and she came home and she said um we don't have to do this i don't i don't know him from adam but i can you just put a reel together and i can fedex it to him and see what happens she's like what's the worst that can happen and i said absolutely and um and i sent it and then a few days later this female manager this woman called me and said, I saw your tape. Would you ever come visit? And we got free tickets, free airplane tickets because of my mom. So I said, yeah, I'll be there next week. And uh, and then she said, okay, before you come to meet me, I'm in Beverly Hills, rent your car at LAX. And I was too young, so my mom had to be with me. And drive to CBS on Fairfax and Beverly and just audition for this soap. Just for fun. I just want to see how you audition. Whoa. Yeah. And I'd never seen it. I wasn't a big soap fan. Um, but I remember getting to CBS and I walked to the audition and I walked right by the um, Price is Right wheel, which I still have pictures. <laughs> awesome. Geeking out awesome. in front of the freaking oh, wheel. I love it. And that was kind of it. And wow! Then, like cut to you know two months meant later. To and be. I'm living in L.A. Yeah, old soul that's meant to be. Yeah, old lady soul. It brought you to me. <laughs> like I was just sitting here waiting for that for that to happen. <laughs> um. All right, we are at over an hour. I'm going to tell you it's 10:45. We could edit out all I, that movie stuff. Oh nope, it's all staying in. I just haven't eaten dinner, so I'm really getting excited to eat. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to go to bed. But this has been. A pleasure. I told you it would fly by. Yeah, it did. It really uh, did. We covered a lot of ground. What's part two? <laughs> P2 could happen anytime. We have a lot to discuss about how the Halloween walk in our neighborhood. Mm. And um, I mean, yeah, I would promo the show, but it's not on until February. But say what it is anyway. Oh, it's a new David Kelly show for TNT, and it's called Monday Mornings. And it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. I play great. a brain surgeon. <laughs> Wait, it's not that funny. You're very, very smart. I only laugh because of the way you said brain surgeon. I'm playing a brain surgeon. Yes, I said that like is an old you said. Lady. Yes, you did. <laughs> be holding like a um, I will say for the record, and I'm sure you've uh, understood this as listeners, that um, it, she is one of the few people that I would say could actually is actually going to be convincing as a brain surgeon. You can't say that about many beautiful women on television. That's a terrible thing to say. And I'm not saying that they don't exist because they do. But I think sometimes casting happens where they do they choose to not cast someone who is convincing right. as an intellect it has nothing to do with you can be beautiful and be smart you can be not beautiful and be well, smart you can be smart and, and i mean proof. whatever but they did a, a good job with you well thank you uh, you are uh, one of the most honestly prettiest and smartest gals i know so the fact that you said gal oh yeah fills me <laughs> Did I, I had you gal 
Listen, we're just Gal a couple of gals. Reading, we're just a couple of gals reading Domino magazine Listen, over here. The couple of gals are going to put down their wine glasses, pick up the Domino, talk the night away. We I'll really appreciate it. I may even put on a Betty Davis film. You wouldn't possibly. You I couldn't. put on a picture. You wouldn't. You couldn't. Hold on. I got to get my dressing gown on. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Jen, thank you so much. Thank We've been you. This has been in the, in the making for a long time, so I'm very glad that this worked out, and Me I too. adore you. Me too. Bye, everybody. Bye. As always, the JV Club theme song is Before We Were Brittle, courtesy of the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.